0: Love, Hope, Radio.
1: You're listening to Eye on the Future with Lady Fontaine, co-host Dr. Gene Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Selman. This His eye on the future.
2: And now, Lady Fontaine. Thank you, Frank. This is Lady Fontaine and... Dr. Jean Cirillo. And we're here every Tuesday evening at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to talk about love, life, career, the metaphysical and spiritual and whatever is on your mind. So give us a call at 646 381 4141 to get the best of both worlds as Dr. Jean Cirillo and I guide you on a journey of growth and inspiration. Later this evening we'll be speaking with my close friend Jim Elkin who'll be talking to us about Chinese medicine. Yep, he's the same Jim Elkin that does paranormal investigations with me. More news on that later. So stay tuned we'll be speaking with him shortly. Later in the show, Dr. Jean Cirillo and I will be taking your calls. We have a jam-packed show tonight, so let's get started. Our number again is 646-381-4141. The switchboard is open, and we're waiting to hear from you. And tonight, when you call in, let us know if you have a call for Dr. Cirillo and I or for our guest, Jim Elkin, because he's going to be sticking around to take calls with us as well. All right, um Dr. Cirillo and Frank, I want updates. How do you guys feel after being healed on the air last week?
1: Do you want well, to take I,
2: my shoulders just started hurting again
0: a little bit after it's it's hard to say some mm. of it seemed to move to the other side I, I won't say there was anything permanent i I checked out his website you know i'm i'm uh, I'm in limbo I'm skeptical. let's put it that way.
2: Yeah, well, we're all kind of in that same boat. Um, uh, my shoulders hurt, Frank. I don't know that you ever really got relief, did you?
3: Well, well, he did. He did say he did make that caveat and say that he wasn't a healer, so I, I guess he can't predict uh, the effects of what it is that he does. Um, but no, 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 no real lasting uh, relief or, or, or of the sort.
2: Hmm. Well, it's an interesting con uh, concept. It's too bad for us, anyhow. It didn't work. But anyhow, how is everybody doing? Because Mercury is finally direct. And wow, I feel so much better already. I mean, I woke up to all this good news, and things are, are sort of moving again in my life. So is anybody else feeling the more positive effects yet? You know, I got, I got a message today from somebody who's
0: a contact at a major publishing company. Mm. I was supposed to have a book that fell through uh, about a half a year ago, and this person got back to me. He said, sorry to take so long, but this person is interested in the book the way I presented it. So, yeah, I, I've been waiting for this for quite a while, and it came through. And I also did some real good spring cleaning uh you know, recently, so it seems like I'm closing off a chapter and and beginning another one.
2: Yes. And that's interesting because I have a friend also who is doing a tremendous amount of spring cleaning and feels very invigorated just the past few days, but my my situation as well was something I've been waiting for for quite some time now, Um, you know, just came through this morning. It wasn't on my mind. It wasn't anything I was thinking about. It just magically appeared in my inbox. You know the entropy, exactly
4: but, yeah, yeah yeah
2: like
0: that you forgot about it you put it on you figured it would never come through and all of a sudden there it is it
2: pops yep. up yeah and I I was really expecting you know, I wasn't even conscious of the fact that it's May 11th and you know Mercury no. went direct it wasn't even on my mind but when things started shifting today I went oh wow yeah um, no more retrograde and you know I, I when Sky was on and just about anyone we've talked to has basically said we might have to wait a few days to get the results. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, as soon as it went to ref, we're already starting to see some things released. Um, well, thank you,
0: Mercury.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to have like a party tonight and do and have that song, Celebration, come on.
0: <laughs> well, Funt- the
2: mercurial, mercurial
0: party, right? Yes,
2: yes. Lady Fontaine, just-
3: what are you talking about? This This is a party every week at 11 o'clock on blogtalkradio.com
2: I, I know, teacher. it is, and especially well this is a very good party, but how How did you guys, how, you know, Frank and Julie, any, because any, I know on Facebook we were talking about um, stuff, especially Julie, <laughs> I think you had a few problems in the past week or so.
5: I did, and, and I woke up today and I thought, okay today's the day, it's going to get better, and no it was one of no. those days, in fact I was saying it to all my friends, I, I can't believe how many things went wrong and nothing serious, nothing of the serious or grave nature. Just anno- It's the same kind of stuff where you get somewhere and they don't have what you want, so you go to the next place and they don't have what you want. and just I'm just waiting for, I've been told, like you said, that it might take a few days, so I'm welcoming the next few days. <laughs> yeah, I
2: mean, that's what I was really planning for myself, too, that it would take, you know, by the middle or end of the week or something like that, maybe we'd start feeling a little bit different. But um, I'm glad to see, at least for Gene and I, that things have already shifted. I know, Frank, you've you've already been zapped somehow by a meteorite or something, so I'm not even <laughs> sure how you're even talking yeah, I, I, tonight.
3: I actually don't exist. I'm, uh, I'm an entirely uh, energy-based being now living on the Internet, talking to you. Wow.
2: Through, through I mean, that's, that's really impressive. Well, I, it, you it kept...
3: all... Go ahead. No, in all honesty, uh, it. Call it the stars, call it fate, call it karma, call it destiny, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, some weird, happy things have been happening, not on a grand scale of, of job opportunities and, and bags of gold with dollar signs on them. But, you know, I'll drop something on the floor, and then when I've been down to pick it up, and say, oh, crap, I dropped it, but I'll find something I was looking for for, uh, oh. for weeks and weeks. And things like that have been happening uh, happening all day,
2: oh. uh,
3: now that you've pointed out. So either I just didn't notice it yesterday, or uh, the planets are affecting my.
2: University.
5: Well, I think next week at this time I'm going to be having stories like that as well.
2: Ooh, well I can't wait to hear.
5: And on Start that note,
2: stuff.
5: it is now time for our new weekly. It's new. Our, we had it, her last week as well. I was not here. So new for me and fairly new for everyone else. Our new weekly Thank Astrological you. Skywatch Report from Sky McKenna.
2: There were bigger in a
1: magical
6: sky. Hello everybody, this is Skye McKenna with my weekly Skywatch Energy Report. This is a review of the energies for the upcoming week. And if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives on AchieveRadio.com or you can go to my new website, SkyMcKenna.com, and click the link near the top of the page. You can also read the energy report in my new blog. There's a link at the top of my website for that, too. Also, my new book, Astrology in You 2010, is available on my website or on Amazon.com now. It's for the whole year and covers everything from astrology basics to major aspects, sign changes, world astrology, and there's a forecast for each sign for all of the upcoming Mercury retrograde periods and all of the eclipses. There are several. I'm told it's very useful, informative, and an easy read. And if you buy it from my website, I'll send you an autographed copy, a free birth chart, so you can follow along with the aspects if you'd like and learn more about astrology. And you'll also get free shipping if you buy it from my website. All the information is there on my website, skymakenna.com. So, we've got the wind in our backs, we're still holding on to our hats. Here's the week ahead in eight minutes or less, and this, then, is for the week beginning Sunday, May 9th, 2010. This week, Mercury gratefully ends his retrograde period, and I'm personally saying hallelujah again. And we also have the energy of a powerful new moon in Taurus, the same sign that Mercury is traveling through, So there will be even more emphasis on values, money, and even beauty. And other than those two very significant events, the week belongs to the moon, since there are really no other planetary aspects for us this week. But never mind, Mercury's return to direct motion along with the Taurus new moon is just plenty. So here we go. On Sunday, May 9th, around 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time, the moon will move from mystical Pisces to action-oriented Aries. So the morning and early afternoon will be excellent for meditating being in nature especially if we can be by any body of water and even just sleeping and dreaming and then in the afternoon we'll want to get active and or involved in some intense physical action then on tuesday may 10th while the moon is moving through earthy taurus we have one of our biggest and most welcome events of the week and maybe the month mercury returns direct i think we've probably all just about had it with roadblocks confusion and miscommunication this mercury retrograde period has been one of the most challenging in recent history for just a lot of folks and however hopefully over these last three weeks or so we've been doing our review of where we want to go and be and now we're on the verge of being able to do those things comfortably and easily i'm sorry i think i just need another hallelujah here all forms of communication will smooth out and speed up now so get ready for that However, for a few days after May 11th, the day Mercury actually turns direct, we may still experience some of that confusion and miscommunication because Mercury will be sitting dead still in the sky. As with all retrograde planets returned to direct motion, he'll need a few days to get some legs under him. So if we can, we need to wait to start major new projects. And then on Thursday, May 13th, we have that new moon in Taurus. And Mercury will still be virtually stationary, also in Taurus, at the same time and taurus is about personal values finances even new sensualities and new moons in general always mark new beginnings so we can expect a lot of new energy coming into our lives that will help us build new financial stability especially with mercury also about to move forward in the same financially aware sign of taurus and friday and saturday may fourteenth and fifteenth belong to the moon both days the moon will be traveling through social gemini and will want to communicate and exchange information There may be a lot of pent-up information that we're just really ready to share now. So it'll be a great couple of days to connect with friends, collect needed information, and be social. We should be going out and enjoying life and other people. Now this week, I want to talk about how and where each sign will be experiencing Mercury's return to direct motion on the 11th. And as always, this will apply to your sun sign and rising sign if you know it. Aries, there's excellent news coming for your finances, and any roadblocks that you've been experiencing for the past three weeks or month or so are getting ready to move. Pay really close attention to financial details as they're going to move ahead, so be ready. Taurus, your personal life is about to get moving again. Be ready to take advantage of opportunities coming your way, and adjustments to yourself, your beliefs, or even your appearance may be afoot. So, get your feet set and ready to move. Gemini information that you've been waiting for is about to be unearthed and finally arrive. And if you've had a disagreement with someone, that's about to be resolved as well. Cancer, get ready for some social invitations and or connections with new friends that are about to bring some new opportunities to you. Communication with friends and groups can accelerate now to your very strong advantage, so pay attention to that. Be ready to grab those opportunities leo roadblocks in your career are about to be opened and that area of life is going to accelerate you can move your ideas and plans forward now and reap rewards built over these last few weeks virgo people places or things at a distance are about to open some doors for you and there's a strong opportunity for some useful education that can also open doors shortly also the door is open for travel and do sign up for those classes Libra, any jointly held money or resources, inheritances or taxes will open up now. And new opportunities connected with shared resources are about to present themselves. Consider all offers carefully. Scorpio, watch for tensions in your personal or business partnerships to unfurl. Communications with your partners will finally open up and be renewed. And you can resolve any lingering issues now. Sagittarius, your daily schedule and work routines are about to get very, very busy, and you could find improvements in movement on the job front, too. You can also see some big changes in your energy level, health, and well-being that are going to allow you to make some big changes. Capricorn, opportunities for romance, children, and or creativity will be arriving soon, so watch for some great movement and improvement shortly. If things have seemed bottled up in those areas, get ready and welcome the newness. Aquarius, any delays or restrictions in or around your home or family can be resolved now. Anything stuck will become unstuck, and your home, family, or family life will get a welcome boost very shortly. Pisces, all forms of communication are going to get very, very busy for you. Information you've been waiting for is about to arrive, so make good use of it. And do get ready to be very busy with all kinds of messages very soon. Well, that's a wrap for this week's edition of the SkyWatch Energy Report. And remember, if you miss any of this, you can re-listen each week in the archives or visit my website. GuyMcKenna.com, and the link is right there at the top of the page. And you'll also find a link to my new blog if you'd like to read the energy report. And remember, the animals still need your help. You can feed a homeless animal with just the click of the mouse. It's absolutely, positively, no questions asked free. In 2009, your clicks equaled 92 million bowls of food for homeless animals. So just go to site.com and click on the purple button that says, Click Here, It's Free. Well, that's about it for this week. And remember, you never lose by loving. You always lose by holding back. So, till next time, take good care. God bless. And namaste. Well,
2: I'm. Um, um, wow, is there an echo on here? I do hear an echo. Hear me? A little
0: echo, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if that was just um, her version or what but um my what she said about me was that i was going to um, receive you know all the the information and material that i've been waiting for and i can't believe that it came this morning well the majority of it came anyhow so how how was how was her uh, predictions for you guys i mean is it on on point or or what yeah i found that i kind of the
0: action i took and you know things were starting to close up a chapter of my life
2: and and begin a new one that's what i felt good good i'm hearing some background noise here is everybody else hearing it or is it just me i hear it a little, a little um bit. can can you guys talk for a minute i'm just going to try doing one thing here okay all right let's, let's talk. talk
0: okay all right
3: well let's, let's, let's talk, talk about the uh about the uh the predictions how did everybody feel about that?
0: Oh I was you know it's funny. I forgot about what what happened with mercury until until uh today, so you know that's interesting some of it already happened
3: apparently, I'm gonna be making some physical changes, so uh I don't know uh, if I'm gonna chop all my hair off or just I think you're gonna bleach your
5: hair longer. blonde
3: I think oh, you're going you're white. white, yeah. Little Ryan
5: Seacrest action going on. That's right. It's just about the same. Height, so it's fine. <laughs> Maybe you can uh, right. start slowly I'll, with some highlights.
2: I'm back. Is this any better?
5: Mm. No. I hear you fine.
2: I, no, hear, I, hear, I hear you an an fine, but I hear the echo. Yeah, I hear an echo, but well, let's just make note of it and keep on going.
0: Yeah, I can ignore it. I have good okay. concentration.
2: Okay, that's good.
0: I don't know about the audience, but I can.
2: Well, I don't but, know what else to do. I tried the only yeah, thing no, I knew Yeah, no, how no, no. You do, just so. So um, we'll just, just, we'll just record it. Report it. We, yeah, we are actually we'll recording record.
3: from a giant hall right now for people looking at home. We're in a huge auditorium
2: and it's with empty. columns <laughs> and it's made of marble,
3: and we're in togas.
2: Right, okay. Hey, so that's, that's, that's really incentive for everybody to start tracking us down.
3: With a actually, giant statue of Hermes or Mercury at the front for the retrograde
2: ooh. action. Actually, I, you know, at some point I do want, want to do a show, you know, kind of like live in New York somewhere. So, um, And I know there's something that you're planning, too, um, Frank, down the road, maybe, um, which you probably don't want to talk about.
4: <laughs> but
2: that's something that I want to talk about as soon as I know what I'm doing, because I would like to do a show live, and that would be great. So anyhow, let's continue. Thank uh, you.
5: Well, just as far as the prediction, uh, she's saying I'm coming into money, so I'm not going to argue with that.
2: Ooh, <laughs> gosh. Hey, that, hey, what's your birthday? Let's trade.
5: <laughs>
2: I'm Libra. Great.
0: I'm
2: oh, Libra.
5: Okay, And perfect. I'm supposed to have, you know, as as you know, I'm a real estate broker. I'm supposed to have some closings this week, so hopefully, her, hopefully they'll go through,
2: because wow. in real estate, you never know. Yeah.
0: Well, now yeah. that Mercury is back, they should go through. Right, Definitely. and I have a very cool. good feeling
2: about it as well, Julie. I really feel it, they will go through. Thank oh, you. Oh, can I, can I tell people about a prediction that I made for you? Absolutely. Um, I did a reading for Julie a couple of weeks ago, and while we were talking, we were talking about her career, and on the side, Julie does commercials. So I said to her, Oh, I see you doing a toothpaste commercial. And she said to me, I've never done one. And I said, well, it's coming. Well, what happened about four or five days later, Julie? <laughs> it
5: was so funny. My agent called me and said that I was going in for Crest. And
1: I, ran,
5: I ran to my notes because I thought, there's no way. Did she really say toothpaste? <laughs> and I guess. And actually... In Lady in Lady Fontaine's defence she said, I don't know that you're gonna book this She said, But it's gonna it's something that's gonna have an impact on you later. So I did not book it, but I did have the audition. And you never know. I'll keep you guys informed.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh <laughs> Let's get those white strips out. Exactly. <laughs> but I did
5: say to Lady Fontaine, I said, no, I don't go. She said, she said toothpaste. I said, no, I don't go on cosmetic and toothpaste kind of stuff. That's not me. And literally a couple of days later I went out on one. <laughs> and actually, you, you,
2: you did get a call back on that, but you were out of town, right?
4: Right, right. So
2: you could have gotten it, but, yeah, I had that feeling for some reason that it wouldn't necessarily go through. But you were definitely going to go out on that commercial. Uh, on that audition for the commercial. So, right. In any event, um, I thought that was kind of neat because I love when the predictions come through within days. Definitely. So, in any event, I um, I think it's probably time for me to do today's thought. My uh, thought for today. Great. Um, tonight, I want to talk about gratitude. As some of you may know, my friend Joe, Jason, and I are working on a gratitude journal. And as I'm writing the stories and exercises and gathering quotes, I'm reminded often of the meaning of gratitude. You know, gratitude can be as simple as a heartfelt thank you, but gratitude is not just what you say when someone does something nice to you or for you. Learning to live in a state of gratitude is learning how to view life's experiences in such a way as to get the gift and lesson from the situations we are manifesting. In other words, when life is going great, it's much easier to be grateful. However, when we manifest obstacles for ourselves, finding gratitude can be a much greater challenge. When, quote, unquote, bad things happen, it's easy to get mad or upset or feel like a victim. Those are the times being in a state of gratitude is harder to do. I know that is challenging, and and some of you may not really understand how to shift out of that state into a state of gratitude. So my suggestion is that we embrace life's challenges and we ask ourselves, what is the gift or lesson in this experience? As we find the true gifts, it is hard to stay stuck in being a victim or being unhappy. As we embrace gratitude, our vibration instantly shifts as we begin to see the bigger picture. So on a daily basis, make it a habit to find things to be grateful for. Now, oftentimes when I suggest that to folks, they can't figure out and they can't find things to be grateful for. So let's start with the easy things. Stuff like, you know, having an easy commute into work, your paycheck, the shelter your home provides, If we start with giving thanks to those kinds of things, we're going to learn how to recognize the other things around us to be grateful for. So start, you know, start with this easy stuff and, you know, work hard at every day coming up with three, four, five, ten things to be grateful for. But most of all, give thanks to the universe for providing you with the opportunities to learn and grow. If you are a contestant on a reality show, you know, and and this is a show that you willingly signed up for, in fact, one that you fought for the opportunity to be on the show, well, as they dish out their challenges to you, yes, they may be difficult, but you would work hard through the challenges towards the end result. Your life, my dear friends, is the most important reality show you'll ever be in. So begin to find the things to be grateful for in everyday life and you will find yourself manifesting many more blessings in your life. Because the true gift of gratitude is, as you practice it, it instantly expands in your energy and sends you back a thousandfold more every second. So for every time that you're genuinely in a state of gratitude, you instantly create for you more things to be grateful for. And as you experience these blessings and experience a truly uh, grateful state of mind, you begin to prosper in your life. Doors will open. Opportunities will appear. You know, you're going to end up starting to manifest the life that you've always dreamt of. Embrace gratitude in your life to truly manifest the life of your dreams. You know, gratitude is, is easy and it's hard because most people don't know where to start and that's why i really suggest that we look at the very very simple things in our life and find those things and really feel that sense of gratitude for having them in in our lives does anybody have a gratitude journal or has anybody here worked with one i have and really and when when you first started was it an easy process no, for you? No, it was difficult. Yeah, it was
5: it is. A, a lot of people start these kinds of things when they're in a place where they're, you know, grasping at straws.
2: Mm-hmm. When you're at
5: a good place in your life, you don't think about doing things like this. And uh the time that I started my gratitude journal was definitely when I was down. And it was just like you said, it was very difficult for me to find things to be grateful for. Um and I would do I would do it so simply as Every morning I, I love my coffee. I'm mm-hmm. obsessed with coffee. It's just like one of my favorite parts of the day. And every morning I'd write it in my journal. I am so grateful for my iced coffee today. Great. And, and really feel it while I was drinking it, and I, mm-hmm. it would change my entire
2: day. Something mm-hmm. so simple as that. But, but those are the kinds of things about there are always things to be grateful for. So often people don't recognize it. I mean, you know, we can get down to things like, you know, like you're saying, the coffee that you're drinking, the food that you're eating. Um, you know, sometimes I'm just grateful, you know, that I'm, you know, able to, you know, get in my car and drive in the countryside and just enjoy the beautiful scenery. I right. mean, there's always something to be grateful for.
0: Well, you have to start noticing what's there and not, as you would say, you, don't, you shouldn't always be noticing lack. Like people might not be grateful for their coffee, and then one day there's not coffee there, and it's like, wow, I didn't have my coffee. You know, I have a headache. Uh, So you tend to notice things when you lose them. I found there's been things that I thought I lost or that I lost temporarily and got back. And that's when I really, I don't don't have a gratitude journal, but in my head, I thank myself for those things every day.
2: And those are the things that, you know, when you don't have it for any length of time and then suddenly it reappears in your life, that, that's when you really get that sense of, oh, my God, you know, I'm so thankful that it's here in my life again. But it's not only those, those moments that, you know, I'd really like people to start being more aware of. And, Dr. Cirillo, you will be having a gratitude journal soon.
4: <laughs> <laughs> will oh, have, we will okay. We copy when a
2: signed copy when ours hits the, when ours hits the bookstores. Um, oh really yeah we'll definitely and we'll see how you do with that but yeah joe and i are working on a gratitude journal and um, she's doing the illustrations and i'm doing the exercises and um, gathering quotes and coming up with write-ups and things of that nature in fact would you be willing would you like to write something up for our gratitude journal well, why
0: not? Is this, is this
2: uh, like a workbook project? I know you have a lot of projects
0: going, but I didn't know that this was one of them. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Don't forget, I'm not
2: psychic, so I don't always know what's coming up yet. <laughs> oh, I will dispute that one with you, Dr. Cirillo, about you not being psychic. In fact, remember the other day when you were coming up with all the details about um, the, the reindeer dog and all this other kind of stuff? And exactly. the hill and, and the scoff and and yeah. the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened with that? I wondered about that. Um, actually, Rachel, who screens our calls, was identifying with that. Um, with that, she actually thinks she knows who that is. Um, Rachel, are you around? Rachel, let me let me bring her on the yes, air for yes, a minute. Yes,
4: around.
2: <laughs> Will somebody? Okay, Rachel. Hi. Do you want to tell Dr. Cirillo?
4: Um, I can. Um, she said there was a reindeer dog, and I was getting a picture of a schnauzer, and this particular schnauzer has this, um, if you can picture a feminine headband, but on top of the headband are mounted, it's a tan headband, and are mounted these literally reindeer ears, and it ties beneath the dog's chin. And, uh, the dog just loved to wear it, and and it belongs to a friend of mine, and he lives in a cold climate, or used to live in a cold climate, and does go visit. And it sounded like a museum up in the area where he visits regularly, because you described a place that was palatial. And he does have a tan car, and uh, I, I went, oh my god, I'd completely forgotten about that ugly little reindeer headband. <laughs> oh my!
2: Right, and Dr. Cirillo says she's not psychic, huh? Well,
0: wait a minute, wait. So, why didn't you say this last week? You couldn't get on the air?
4: Um, I, uh, I wasn't sure I really wanted to identify with the situation. The more I thought about it and thought about it, I thought, you know, she has got to be right, this has got to be who it is. Oh, wow. And Is he a special I person
0: to you And you weren't sure that you uh, had identified him as a special person?
4: Well, I thought at first it might be my son because he has two little bitty schnauzers, but the re- and he does live in a snowy climate and he lives amongst a bunch of palatial buildings. But after giving it a great deal of thought and remembering those reindeer ears and your description of it, I thought, oh, it 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 has to be that dog. So, and of course, who owns
0: the dog that you're really uh, focused on?
4: Or that I happened to be focused on at that time and it didn't even dawn on me I'd completely I mean I've seen those, those little reindeer headbands been around for I don't know um 15 years wow it belonged to the prior dog it belonged to the prior dog and he put it on the new little dog cuz she looks a lot cuter with it on
1: <laughs> isn't they that amazing so cuter on
4: the German shepherd <laughs> wow <laughs> You're that doing is phenomenal. Amazing.
2: I mean, you're picking up stuff, Dr. Cirillo, that um, you really have no knowledge of. And no. you're consistently doing this. So at some point, um, I'm certified by this organization. It's called the International Certification of Psychics. Um, they have a very, very extensive um, testing procedure. And I know you're not interested in being certified, but they test um so I I mean different than, than many people test. I mean by they have a certain um algorithm and all this other kind of stuff so they can really determine if you're predicting the future, if you're picking up on on past things, if you're sensing, you know, the um the energy around something. So I would just be curious for you to go through all those tests just to see how psychic you really are. And again, I just want to remind you everybody- I would be too <laughs> um, I, I just want to remind everyone who's listening. When, when Dr. Cirillo and I first met, our first conversation, quote unquote, well, I'm quite a bit of a skeptic. <laughs> 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 and now, and look at her now. <laughs> Well, um, last time you thought I was completely off
0: base, and I thought I was off base, and it's just like when that Marlon Brando card with the dog on it mm -hmm. was hidden. It seems like it's never exactly what it is that that you had in front of you, like when you have the the seven of clubs or something in front of you. It's always something that somebody has in the background.
2: Well, but, you know, I I have to say that reading, being a psychic, is not like reading a book. You kind of learn how to decipher things. And sometimes somebody will say something to me and I get a picture of somebody in my head. And, you know, when this first would happen, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, why is somebody from my personal life appearing when somebody's telling me a situation? But I've come to learn that then there's a tie-in, not with the person, but with the way I felt or things that were going on in my life at that same time. And then once I sort of allow myself to feel that, more stuff starts to flow. So it's just a matter, and I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but um, you learn. You learn how to sort of um, make your your ability to read people stronger and to read the energy around them and to understand things. It's just like when, it's like
4: when being you a when,
2: psychologist and dream interpretation. Yeah. Something might seem really far fetched but as you learn
0: how to interpret it, you, you learn uh, what, what something means and you can do it better and you, you make sense out of the mystery. You're, the psychic isn't that far from the dreamland.
2: Yeah, I mean, and there are many times that I'm doing readings and things will either come through or I'll hear something or see something and I have no idea how to apply it. So I will tell the person, I'm picking this up. I don't know how or where it fits in, but I feel it's important to you. And then, you know, down the road we'll see where it fits in. You know, sometimes things flow, sometimes I'm hearing things, sometimes I'm seeing things, sometimes I'm feeling things. Um, You know, there's a whole bunch of senses and and things that come in. But but what I'm so impressed with you and how you do this is um, I just say something to you and you just take off and run with it in such finite detail that I'm I'm blown away by that. I absolutely am. Mm -hmm. I really okay. am. So maybe we could arrange at some point that you go through this whole barrage of tests. It's a long process. I'd like, like to because then, then I can tell people, you know, you always have to have some gimmick. And if, if
0: what makes you different from other people in your field? So if you're a psychic psychologist, it's kind of like you. You also, you never talk about this, but you're also Dr. Fontaine with a Ph.D. in <laughs> psychology. Dr. Fontaine that's so cute. <laughs> yes, yes. Doctor, well, doctor, <laughs> let's see, how many other names do you go under? I know, a few. <laughs> what is it?
2: Wait a minute, is it Dr. Dr. Jekyll and, and Mr. Hyde? And, <laughs> uh, let's hope that? not. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, have, I, it's true. I mean, I have my degree in psychology, and, and I feel that's what makes me, as far as doing life coaching, um, a, yes. a very effective life coach because I'm, I'm using skills that, you know, the average life coach might not have. And even as a psychic, I'm using skills that the average psychic certainly doesn't have in understanding people and understanding, you know, the interaction between people as well. So, you know, it, I, it, it does tie in in an amazing way. So I'll talk to the folks at the International Certification of Psychics um, and see if know. they'll put you through the test. Like I get retested every year only because, um, that keeps me in, in as a top rank psychic. I mean, some people just get, um, you know, tested once in a lifetime because it is. It's a long, hard, you know, it's a lot that they put you through. Oh, but,
0: my. Wait a minute. Uh, that, that really drains you. Your hands get cold and everything when your psychic abilities are called on. I know because I've worked with psychics. So are you saying I go through something like that?
2: Um, it's, it's an exau- it is an exhausting process. I mean, they, they don't test in the, you know, some people just test with, you know, they'll give you 25 or 50 different cards, you know, sometimes with different shapes on them or different things. That's that what I'm I've heard of. yeah. And, and if you get them right or you get them wrong, they give you a score on that. But what these people do is they actually start seeing patterns, because I'm very mm. good at um, predicting the future and also p- picking up things from the past. So I'll sometimes, just like you, the, when we did that, um, that intuition test here on the show, you it wasn't the next picture. It was like the picture after or something like that. And right, and then person didn't Brando. realize it at first. We,
0: Marlon Brando, we were thinking, right. had you dated somebody that looked like him? You know, we were trying to put it to a person. And then, again, it came out later that the girl said the picture she had, the dog was named
2: Marlon Brando. Right, exactly. So so they, what they do is they're able to determine based on your, your responses, you know, what your strengths are as far as, you know, either predicting the future, reading the past, um, you know, picking up emotions behind things that are going on. I mean, I'm strong in more than one, you know, um, per, per, perspective of of being a psychic, and most people are, you know, they're using more than one skill, but some aren't. Um, so we'll see if we can arrange that. It should be interesting because again, you're, you're, you, you seem to blow me away lately with, with your psychology. But But we have a great guest tonight, and I want to move on to him because I'm so excited to have him on our show. He's a very dear friend of mine. His name is Jim Elkin, and he's here with us tonight to talk about Chinese medicine. Jim and I have been very close friends for I think it's close to 20 years now. And he was actually instrumental in helping me to fully develop and channel my psychic abilities. Um, And I guess it worked, because look at me now. (laughs) Um, He's an incredible, intuitive healer. He is very well-versed in many modalities, including acupuncture and Chinese medicine. So on that note, I'd like to introduce Jim Elkin. Jim, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, so I'm sure you've been listening to all our bit about psychic stuff. Do you remember all the work that we did um, many, many years back in helping me really hone in on my psychic abilities?
7: Yeah, I do actually. I, I, we talked about that last time I was on quite a bit. That was a quite quite a period in life.
2: Yeah, it really, really was. But
7: tonight,
2: but tonight, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and ha- and how you came to be involved with Chinese medicine?
7: Okay. Um, it, it all started, uh, gosh, about about 15 years ago when I was living in uh, New Jersey and uh, commuting to New York, and I had to I'd wait at a bus stop, and uh, there was a, a person there who was working in the garden who was actually an acupressurist, and I didn't believe in it then either. Uh, so I I started talking to her and, and uh, arranged to have a, a session because I had some sore muscles and stuff, and Um, as I was getting treated, she, she would like be holding two different places on my body with her fingers and I could feel like something happening in between those two spots. It was quite clear in my body, but I didn't understand what it was. So I just said, you know, can you tell me what this is? And I just kind of drew a line on my body. she said, well, you just drew out the meridian that I'm treating. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm I'm like, I don't know the meridians. I've never studied acupuncture. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just know this is what I feel in my body. And she said, yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's meridian. So, uh, that kind of got me convinced. And, and I went from there to, uh, to study acupressure and then, and then later acupuncture. Um, and, and now I've, uh, 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 got a successful practice along with my wife in New York state, uh, in Westchester County, um, uh, doing some incredible things, I think.
2: Do you want to tell us where where you're located and what the name of the place is?
7: Yeah, we're located uh, at 111 North Central Avenue in in Hartsdale, New York, um, which is right on Central Avenue, uh, uh, just just north of Scarsdale and a little south of White Plains in in New York State, in Westchester County. Um, And we're doing a lot of things. I'm primarily focusing on, on things like Parkinson's disease, and uh, cancer complementary treatment, which means supporting patients who are going through cancer treatments—the uh, uh, kinds of uh, uh, horrible things that uh, the cancer medication does to patients' body—I um, try to help to alleviate the suffering that's involved with that.
2: Wow! Um, can you tell us what Chinese medicine actually is?
7: Well, it's a it's a, it's a medicine that began in China probably about 3,000 years ago. At least that's the first book we have that talks about it that book is the the ching it's actually a a book that talks a lot about acupuncture uh, itself uh, acupuncture is one aspect of chinese medicine um, there are several others including things that are called uh, something that's called moxibustion and something that's called cupping and uh, uh... uh... chinese herbs is a is, is another aspect of chinese medicine and actually chinese medicine includes things like uh... feng shui which is you know the art of designing your home to, to create the most uh, balanced qi for your life, mm-hmm. and, uh, and qigong, which is the, the kind of a body movement uh, uh, exercise techniques. Uh, so all these things are included under the, under the ideas of Chinese medicine.
2: So when you're treating somebody, you're actually uh, tying in the feng shui, um, you know, corrections in one's home?
7: At times I'll do that. It depends on how open the patient would be to that. Mm. Um, uh, and I have to sound them out before I'll go there. Um, but but uh, most of the time I'll try and do things just in my office because that's really what, what my contract is. But if I find someone who's, who, who seems, seems like they'd be interested in that or if we bring it up in a conversation and they're open to it, then I might, uh, I might suggest some things.
2: Wow. So how do you diagnose illness or, or problems in, with Chinese medicine.
7: Um, oh, I'm sorry. There's one more thing I wanted to tell you about Chinese medicine, oh. but it is. And, and that is that Chinese medicine was the only medicine that was used in China for 3,000 years. It's, it's, uh, are they still, I
2: mean, today, do they still use it or have they gotten use, more? Um,
7: they still use it. It sits, okay. in the, it, it sits uh, alongside of a Western medicine hospital. And so so people can move in either direction either to the Chinese medicine wing or to the or the western medicine wing or they can be moved back and forth between wings.
2: Are you serious? Mhm. Yeah. So I mean well, that's are there the best you combine both? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I mean there are people then I'm sure who I mean that's the best of both worlds.
7: Sure. To,
2: you know, really tie in both.
0: Wow.
7: Yeah. And, and it was what they call complementary medicine, which is medicine that's kind of working alongside of uh western doctors. Uh, we're actually getting that today. In fact, I, I took some uh, some classes uh, uh, on uh, acupuncture oncology at Sloan Kettering, and uh, and in the Sloan Kettering Hospital, where they treat you know one of the best cancer hospitals in the country, they they actually have the acupunctures coming into the office along with the doctor or alongside the doctor or separate times, but you know they're treating the same patient at the same time. Wow, so. that's
2: wonderful to hear. That medicine is starting to really integrate. Some of you know some of the the eastern you know per, uh, perspectives into the treatments, I think that's fabulous yeah so so um how do if you if a client comes into your office and they don't know what's wrong with them they just know that they're not feeling well, how do you diagnose them
7: well there's 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 uh, there's teaching that we've gotten about four different different ways to receive di- diagnostic information uh, the first one is looking. You look at the patient. How are they standing? Uh, what's the face look like? What colors do you see? Uh, if you can read auras, what aura do you see? Um, you know, just trying to observe anything that's going on. How do they hold themselves when they sit down? Do they clump or do they sit upright? Or, you know, what is just, what what's the energy going on there? Um, another one is smelling. So when, when the patient comes in, you can actually, so some people, some practitioners actually get to the point where they'll hug the patient as they come in, and the reason they're doing that isn't because they want to be friendly. I mean, it's it's a friendly gesture, but many times they're doing it uh, also because they want to uh, get the odor of the patient so they can get yeah. an idea of what their energy is in that level. Um, the third way is through talking and listening. And listening isn't just talking, but like I can listen to the way you're breathing. Um, I can listen to the things that are going on, like if your stomach is growling or or things that are happening in your body, which aren't just talking. But talking is a major input because I need to hear from you what what you identify and what your symptoms are. Uh, And the symptoms don't fall the same way they do with Western medicine. It's like I'm not sitting there listening for the three symptoms that tell me that you've got, you know, whatever. Um, I'm listening for certain trends in the way the symptoms are going whether they're going hot or cold, whether they're going excess or deficient, whether they're talking about a certain meridian or a certain, uh, uh, what we call a, a sphere or an element. Um, uh, and, and that helps me a lot to, to decide how I want to proceed with the treatment. Wow. And the last one is touch. So I'll do two types of touch usually. I'll do touch uh, on the pulses to feel the pulses. In Chinese medicine, we talk, we talk we find six pulses where... Uh, where the uh, uh, radial artery is. And that's where most people take pulses on the wrist. Mm. We find actually three pulses on one side and three pulses on the other. And each of those pulses tells about one meridian. Um, um, actually, there's two pulses in each of those, so there's those 12 pulses in all. Um, and, and in addition to that, we'll do what's called a hard diagnosis, where we'll, we'll press around in the, in the stomach area and different parts of the body looking for certain... Uh, alarm points or points that'll tell us that things are things need to be worked on, whether they're very very deficient whether you know very uh, easy to move and nothing's there, or whether there's a lot of resistance and pressure
2: hmm. um so how long does a typical um you know session just to get diagnosed on 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 well, for we, any problem?
7: We usually finish the diagnosis fifteen minutes after you're in the door. oh wow, yeah, we can run through that stuff pretty quick um. And the first treatment, usually we like to give a more thorough questionnaire and more thorough intake, so maybe I'll take another half an hour on top of that 15 minutes on the first treatment just because I want to get to know you and and what kinds of uh, uh, lifestyle decisions you've made or f- uh, dietary decisions you've made or, you know, do you smoke, do you do you drink coffee, do you drink alcohol, that kind of stuff. Um just to get a feel for what kinds of energies I'm working with so that I can make sure and and modify my treatment to account for that.
5: Mm. Um, I actually have two questions. One was that you said uh, if you can see auras, is that something that someone in your office actually can do?
7: Um, I've, I've seen auras quite frequently with my patients. Really? I don't, you know, I don't sit and focus on them all that much because sometimes it's too confusing to figure them out. Right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't
2: know that. I Where, didn't know yeah. that you could read or. Did you ever read, see my aura?
7: Oh, um, yeah, a few times. <laughs> never read Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> I feel violated. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
2: and what was your second question? Uh, you my second stated? question was,
7: oh, sorry, go on. It was the only information that you were giving me. <laughs>
5: um, my second question was: I know that in Western, uh, I'm, I know that in uh, Eastern medicine, a lot of times they check the tongue. Is that something else you do for yeah, to check Yeah, right. that's
7: Thank you for, for reminding me of that one. That's right. Uh, that's one of the the, the visual ones uh, that, I, that I I missed. That, uh, yeah, looking at the tongue. Uh, There's certain qualities about the tongue. Certain regions on the tongue that are identified with certain organs or or systems in the body. And uh, certain qualities about the tongue that tell us about what kind of energy is happening. It's, it's, a, it's a very potent, actually one of the more, more potent, uh, most most valuable uh, treatment te- uh, diagnostic tools that we have. Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you for remembering that
2: for me. Oh sure. <laughs> so so earlier, Jim, you were talking about how you do complementary treatments for cancer patients and things of that nature. Um, how, how do you know when, uh, you know, to use traditional medicine or Chinese medicine? I mean, do any clients come to you um, for cancer treatment that are not going to a regular doctor for treatment?
7: Um, New York State law requires me to recommend a patient to go to see a doctor as, when they come to see me. So if and they, if they don't want to? That's their choice. I don't have to refuse treatment. I may, depending on how concerned I am. If somebody comes in and they're and they're having tachycardia, you know, a heart racing, and uh, and and they're looking for me to try and calm it down, I will tell them at that point. I will calm it down. I will, I will work on calming it down while I'm calling 911 to get you to a hospital. Okay. <laughs> 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 um, I just don't want to. I don't want people, you know, dying on my table while I'm trying to treat them. Uh, it's a little phrase no. I like to use, and that is, I want my patients to live long enough for my treatment to take. Right. <laughs> but yet
0: those of us who do non-medical treatment, all kidding aside, whether it's me as a psychologist or I know my chiropractor, we have much lower malpractice rates, and I'm sure you do too, rather than the medical people, that at least we're not doing any harm.
7: That's right. That's right. So what we're
0: doing is in addition, I always say if you need medical treatment, you know, take that, especially if it's non-invasive. If it's invasive, you know, then sometimes you you want to hold off on it, but do this in addition to it. But, you know, one thing one of my teachers said is that the worst thing that will happen is you'll have no effect. Now, it sounds like with the heart racing you might have no effect and, you know, if they need, if they're having a heart attack, they they need to go to the hospital and then you can maybe work on them as they're getting out of it along with medical continuation of medical treatment. But uh, is there any way that you would do any harm, you know, any risk involved with what you're doing? Because I'm sure a lot of people might be considering it and then they're afraid. They've heard all sorts of crazy stories from traditional medical people.
7: Yeah, so far, um, they haven't been able to find anything that is harmful about acupuncture. Um, yeah, I wouldn't
0: on, think
7: so. On the other hand, um, uh, unless, of course, somebody just uses it, like accidentally hits the nerve or punctures the, uh, the the pleura or the dura or something like that, you know, some some place where you could get a, uh, 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 what do they call it, collapsed lung or, or okay.
0: some
7: kind of, kind of infection. These kinds of things... Are very rare, and most of us, as far as I know, all of us who have been trained in the United States have received a really in-depth uh, uh, anatomy degrees Really understand. What okay, that un- can happen when
0: you're getting a half cut too. I mean, you know, anatomy, anything. These right. tools.
7: Right. So it's very rare, very unusual. And most of the time, these things, even if it does happen, it's pretty benign. I mean, there are d- there are d- internists who swear that if you if you took an acupuncture needle and punctured into the gut. You know, to try and reach the stomach, it still couldn't do any injury because it's so small that it just closes right up and goes away. So mm. it's hard yeah. to say that we can even do injury if we try. Hmm. Um, uh, anyway, um uh, trying to get back to my points again. Um, so, oh, yeah, there was something I wanted to mention about the tachycardia. I happened to have written a paper on this when I was in school, and I did research on work that was done in China. Where they they had found that with uh, certain acupuncture point uh, combinations, they had like an eighty percent effective result on reducing fast heartbeat. So wow, go figure.
2: Yeah, I mean uh, that's that's inter- that really is interesting. Um, but are, what like what are the guidelines though though, Jim, for really deciphering when to go to an acupuncturist or somebody? Um, like yourself, that will also you know do herbs and different things of that nature um versus traditional medicine, I mean, I know that, like you said in New York State, you have to recommend that, but for the person out there, you know what what you know what are the guidelines what should they be thinking
7: well we, I, I know that I've had the fortune to get trained by a doctor I believe that's a New York state requirement um it came in and actually gave us pointers on what kinds of things are life-threatening and what to look out for and really make sure you send them off to a doctor. And I think it's really important as a professional to keep that stuff up in mind. So when you see obvious diabetes, you want to make sure and, you know, if somebody's going into shock, you want to make sure and steer them the right way. I've had patients come in and list to me uh, uh, all the symptoms of multiple sclerosis, and I just look at them and say, you have MS?, and they say, "Yeah, have you seen a doctor?" No.
0: <laughs> oh God.
7: <laughs> well, go see a doctor. <laughs> you know, because cause it's more important to get your disease under control, and then we can talk. But as long as it's life-threatening, I really would rather. I would really suggest that you that you that you go and see a doctor first, because once we get it balanced and handled in a manageable way, then then we can talk about what acupuncture can do. Maybe even just to to control. What the doctors are doing, like a lot of times these doc- the medications they're using are very powerful, very strong, and have have side effects that are that are very difficult to handle and uh, acupuncture in Chinese medicine can be very helpful uh to alleviate those kinds of symptoms uh, or side effects of the treatment
2: I could imagine that that um that it could i mean i've heard many many times um Acupuncture is used to relieve a lot of the side effects of chemotherapy treatment. Right. Yeah, I I find that amazing. Um, How does Chinese medicine relate or not relate to the AMA? I mean, what's their take on it?
7: I I don't. I I don't think the AMA has a real, a real, uh, out and out comment on it yet. But uh, I've had a confrontation with a lot of doctors. Uh, who really think that it's 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 just you know uh, witchcraft,
0: <laughs>
7: you know, and that isn't uh, you know in their mind that means nothing. It means quackery. Um, it's it's really kind of sad. But but uh, we had one man uh, confront us and, and tell us that we were just you know hypnotizing people. Uh, and he was uh, he was on a legislative board in New York State for a long time. Mm. So. <laughs> There are some. There are some doctors out there who are who are not very uh, uh, interested in acupuncture or what it can do, and and one of the attitudes that we've run into quite a bit is is you know a doctor like an oncologist uh, uh, explaining to their patient, well, you can go and see an acupuncturist, but all they're going to do is make you feel better.
4: <laughs>
7: oh my God! Well, uh... <laughs>
2: hello. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, isn't that like the goal? Yeah. <laughs> well,
7: at least it's a good, a nice, a nice result, you know. <laughs> I, I, I probably oh. talked
2: about this the last time you were on the show, but I had um, bulging discs in my back, L four and L five, right. uh, many, 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 many years ago. Before Jim was even doing the acupuncture, he was doing acupressure, right. and he worked on me one time. Well, I, I couldn't walk and I couldn't sit, and I was just like in tears. I was in such agonizing pain. And he worked on me for like three hours, and I got about a day and a half of relief. I mean, I was going for an experimental treatment at that point um, for the back problems, which worked for me, but I kind of like needed the relief to be able to just get through the day, you know, to be able until I had the appointment and stuff. And, it, I mean, I couldn't believe it. The next day I was standing at the Staten Island Ferry feeling incredible. I mean, I was able to move, and I had absolutely no pain. It didn't fix the problem, but it certainly got me over that hurdle so that this other particular treatment um, did work. In that particular situation, Jim, would there, if you had continued working on me, could that have actually fixed the, the bulging disc problem?
7: Theoretically, I, I could say yes. I mean, I, I would have to actually go through that experience to see for sure. Mm. But there, you know, there's no reason that it shouldn't. And um, we've, we have uh, uh Gotten trained, my wife and I have gotten trained by a doctor, uh, Dr. Richard Tang, uh, who uh, has perfected this ability to make incredible pain go away. Um, and he does this uh, by giving acupuncture more frequently in the very beginning and then less as it goes on, kind of thinking of, you know, he makes the pain go away and then it starts to come back. He wants to catch it right then and make it go away again and just keep pushing it up there. And eventually it becomes a habit, it just goes away entirely. Mm. So, um, looking at it from that kind of perspective, that's kind of how I would approach it. I would I would want to 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 try and you know give it a lot of treatment in the beginning to keep it in a in a balanced place, and then once it's found its own place, it'll it'll hold that place.
2: Wow, I mean that's interesting. I I take destiny for acupuncture because she was limping on um, one of her front paws, and they said it was an ACL tear, right. and they were doing the acupuncture. Um, every week, and now we're, we're at the point where we're doing it once a month, and she's holding, I mean, she's walking, you know, slightly, ever so slightly, favoring it, but basically, you know, she's fine, so it is an amazing thing, and that, you know, to me, takes the element of it being just, um, you know, uh, you know, like a a pseudo kind of healing, where we, we convince ourselves that it's going to work, because, you know, destiny doesn't really have, she's smart, but yeah. she doesn't really have the capacity to fully understand that the acupuncture treatment is supposed to make her better. In fact, she sits there snorting and, you know, very frustrated that I'm making her stay in one place, you know, while they stick the needles in her. But, um, and, and Jim knows destiny, so he knows that she's not easy to keep in one oh, place. <laughs> Even though she's older now, she's still a handful. But, yeah,
0: um,
7: magic too, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And and when Lucky was dying, you you Lucky. treated him.
7: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean he. Well, I would think it's
0: it, it's good to not to have too much pain, but the one danger I might see is that I know I have a herniated disc between L five and S one, mm. and it was long term running and stretching the kind of exercises that are good for your cardiovascular system, but not so good for the back discs and. It, you know, unfortunately, I didn't feel the pain that much. I have a high tolerance until it was already herniated. Now, if somebody could have blocked that pain, I probably would have kept running. There could be a danger that way. I, I don't like to rain on the parade. And I know pain isn't good, but it's like anxiety, it's a sign that something's wrong. How, how do you prevent that? What's the uh, control for that problem?
7: well the, the trick is we're not trying to treat the pain we're trying to treat the cause of the pain and that and with the with the intention that the pain should uh fall away on its own and if it doesn't, then we can treat the pain directly um uh most of the time we're doing both at the same time in a clinical situation because the patient isn't very patient with us uh just treating the the root and not treating the branches, you know the symptoms uh, yeah. <laughs> Ideally, it, you treat
0: both, you know with the, but yeah. i uh, you don't ignore anything i mean what ha- what would happen if the pain is there and right. I- if there's something that's real that needs medical treatment, you see it anyway, and you recommend the medical treatment along with the treatment for the pain
7: yeah yeah I, but i'm I'm also very cagey about chauvinism in any sort, and I've found that a lot of things that that are ascribed to the cause of pain with Western doctors end up not being that in, in after after my treatments. Uh, I have a patient who's uh, seeing me frequently who claims that she has disc problems in her neck, uh, but when I give her treatments, it goes away. Well, I'm treating muscles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I'm treating muscles, then nothing should be happening. But <clears> it goes <throat> away yeah. completely. So I don't know who's wrong. I just know that my treatment's working. <laughs> Do with it what you will.
2: <laughs> hmm, that's interesting. Um does, does insurance cover Chinese medicine?
7: Uh, some insurance policies do, but not many. And you really need to contact your insurance company before you go and see an acupuncturist or a Chinese doctor uh, just to make sure that, that, that uh, insurance would be available. Um, a lot of acupuncturists won't take insurance anyway just because um, the insurance companies require that you take a cut on your usual rate. In many cases, not all the time, but in many cases, um, and And when that happens, then suddenly i 'm putting in more hours to make sure my my stuff gets billed and i 'm yeah. getting paid less for it so uh it ends up being a a real hobby' <laughs> Just trying to keep the insurance companies under control
2: and that that 's beyond a job within itself it really really yeah. is i mean you know and and i don 't know i mean are you privy to um you know the the changes in the healthcare system if anything is going to play to your advantage more or not
7: well there's some talk about the fact that they that they've decided to include alternative medicine as being no better than western medicine so the kind of reco- that, that if that's truly enforced then that would mean that we're we're going to be in a parity automatically with with the with the medical doctors and insurance would cover us just as much as anybody else
2: oh really i didn't hear uh, that
7: yeah, there's some possibility that that could be true, but uh, we're. I, it, it was like a rumor, so I'm really not sure that it's really there. But but uh, I did see some articles fly by that said something like that.
0: Anything ongoing, they cover in a limited degree. Like let's say 20 sessions after a car accident, they don't like you to keep billing them for something that's maintenance or that's preventative. They they prefer that you wait until. Uh, you need the operation or until something's really wrong and they fix it. And I found that to some degree you have to pay yourself if you want long-term investments in psychotherapy, physical therapy, chiropractic, acupuncture, anything along that line that is a shame because it strengthens your whole health and your whole body that you usually don't use many medical treatments. I know I don't.
2: (laughs) I use all the non medical that aren't covered Right, I know. Me too. But that—that's actually a good topic, Jim. Can you talk about that at all? About how our Western, you know, uh, medicine doesn't really approach health in the way to prevent disease or illnesses. We just treat it.
7: Um, yeah, a lot of the Western, the whole system is is really not designed towards uh, what they call preventative medicine or prophylactic medicine. It's—it's um, it's more focused on reacting to things after they've gone bad. So it's assuming that you're healthy until you get sick. And then, oh, we can respond to that. So the doctors spend most of their time looking at sick people, and they assume that everybody's going to get sick. Um, I know it's it's expected that every woman will have a hysterectomy sometime in their life, and and, and breast cancer is like not yet kind of thing. So it's this this whole attitude uh, uh, um, which can actually lend people to to a Preconception towards getting sick, because they're always thinking, "Well, I'm not sick yet." You know, I went to I went to my my uh, exam and I came out and blood tests and everything's okay, except you know a couple things, but it's pretty good. (laughs) I'm not sick yet. You know, it's this kind of attitude. Um, In China, uh, there was a technique that they used for hiring a, a doctor, kind of like on like on retainer, kind of like the way lawyers use today. And, and the doctor's job is to keep you healthy. And so they pay regular payment to keep the, myself healthy if I'm a rich man, you know, and the doctor's treating me. And then when I get sick, I get treated for free because my retained doctor didn't keep me healthy.
4: I remember
2: you telling me that. And that's that's really the way it works in China? Yeah, Canada? well, it, doesn't,
7: so it, did, it did until uh, more recent days, until now.
2: So what, what happens now? Now they treat them, now they ha, they're they more like Western medicine where they pay when they're sick.
7: Well, it's a socialized medicine, but yeah.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, then that would explain everything. Um, so are there things that we can do or that the average person can do with acupuncture or Chinese medicine to keep them healthy, or are you just treating some sort of symptoms?
7: Um, usually the patients we see are coming in with complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're working more from the western kind of view, but the difference is that we're we're holistic, meaning we we're not just treating the body. A patient comes in and they're depressed and they're not eating well and they're giving me all these symptoms that are telling me one thing. I'm going to treat the depression along with everything else because in Chinese medicine, we never had Descartes. We never had a separation of body and mind. So to us, it's all the same thing. <laughs>
2: So like if you if you if you're working on on Bing Wei um and and she wants to stay stay healthy I mean is there a protocol of preventative medicine for like I would go to the chiropractor not only when I have something that isn't working but maybe just um oh well, that's not really true I go to the chiropractor when something hurts Yeah Right um, but
5: we even like with therapy uh like seeing someone like like Dr. Cerilla we'll go when we're not you know, feeling great, and then when things are good, we're supposed to still go for upkeep. Uh, You don't just stop just because things aren't going so great anymore. Yeah, (laughs) I always
0: use the comparison with medicine, that when you take an antibiotic, that they say even if you feel well, you still have to take it till the bottle is finished because the germ
2: is still in your
0: system and it could pop back. And it's the same way with therapy or with acupuncture or chiropractic. You have to keep going to maintain it because the, the injury of a cause is still there. that seems to be the problem with people stopping too soon as soon as you make them feel good right
7: well, well, I, what i do usually I usually make a contract with my patients to come and see me five times, and if after the fifth treatment treatment they do they don't feel like I've touched what their what their complaint is. I want to move them on to somebody else.
2: well, I so. do the same thing, but I do ten yeah. sessions and then if if I haven't made a big dent, they go to i I refer them to someone else. I think that really is the best way to work with anything because why sit there and, you know, have a person, you know, stick with the therapy that isn't seeing the end results of what they want.
7: Right. But I, but I also try to get my patient out of my office. And, and we call them graduate. You know, they graduate away from our clinic. They, they, they move to a place where they, they're, they're very, very content with, the, with their condition and they move on. Um, and, and they usually will come back. Later, with something else when they start you know people people will always have something so you know if we if we try and keep them coming back all the time we might find that uh, that that they get tired of that because they're just paying money they're not really getting anything um, in in their minds at least that's what's going on so what I try and do is I try and give them ongoing you know suggestions like do this exercise or start taking up uh, some qigong or tai chi chuan or something like that to try and keep your body in a balanced state and then they don't need me because they're they're actually working very hard on their own health.
2: So like, you know, I and I know you know this, Jim. I take a lot of vitamins and things of that nature. So is there like maintenance things with with Chinese medicine that you do for yourself on a regular basis to prevent yourself from getting sick?
7: Yeah, I do tai chi chuan. And uh, that the,
2: that exercise stuff.
7: Yeah, yeah. And breathing. Uh, um, it's 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 exercise, visualization, breathing, um, meditation. It's all going on at the same time. And that's it. Um, that's much of what I do right now. Yeah, I also, I mean, I, I. I uh, I play music and stuff like that, too, but it's not really Chinese medicine, properly speaking.
0: Right, right. That's um, just st- doing something that's in your heart.
7: Yeah, we pay strict attention to feng shui in, in our office um, and in our home as much as we can, as much as practically possible. <laughs> we have a pretty small <laughs> home. <laughs> well, have you
2: gotten certified in feng, in feng shui?
7: No, I didn't get the certification. I attended a few courses um, and, and wasn't very happy with it, but... Uh, my wife and I have worked on it, on it on our, on our on our own with our own uh uh sources mm. uh, without getting certification. Well, uh, the, the, the trick is with with Chinese stuff it's hard to get certification on the real things. It's easy to get certification on the things that they just teach in school. You know what I mean? No, words, what do you mean? It, if Basically, I, to, I can
2: be certified in feng shui.
5: <laughs> yeah,
7: you can get certified. Anybody can get certified in feng shui, but well, work, I'm
2: certified in feng shui. So, but work, so what does that, the, what to does that with, mean? <laughs>
7: to a, I'm sorry. To work with a true feng shui master means you have to go through an apprenticeship for. Oh, I you gotcha. Okay. Before he'll ever let you even think about talking to a client. So. <laughs>
2: it's like an internship.
7: That's right. Well, it's even more in depth. Yeah. It's more like it's more like an apprenticeship. You know, wow,
2: short. I did not know that.
7: Yeah. I really did When didn't. you want to get the real the real deep stuff, that's where you need to go. Wow. I'll well, Lady now. is
0: certified in, in many uh, different areas of knowledge.
2: Who, me? Yes, yeah, you, Lady. Yeah.
0: Your Lady. Lady. <laughs> lady. Lady. Hey,
2: Lady over there. Yeah, <laughs> I have certification in thought field therapy and hypnotherapy and... Um, wow. Bunchway and a few other things. Uh, um, but in any event, um, can you tell listeners again, Jim, how they can get in touch with you?
7: Oh, sure. Um, um, we work out of our office at uh, 111 North Central Avenue in New York City. Uh, my, uh, I'm sorry, in, in Hartsdale. Thank you. <laughs> my wife is sitting here listening to me, <laughs> correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> in Hartsdale, um, uh, Hartsdale, New York, which is... Uh, just near the Hartsdale train station. And uh, uh, my phone number is uh, 914-629-4680. And my wife's phone number is 629-1611.
2: And what's your website?
7: Uh, www.eastwesthealing.info.
2: And I personally can tell the listeners that Jim is extremely effective. And, in fact, I had... I referred one of my clients that lives down in North Carolina to them and to him and his wife, and she was coming up from North Carolina just to have sessions, you know, acupuncture sessions. Um, So they they really do a phenomenal job. But, Jim, I want to thank you so very much for being here. This truly was extremely informative, um, and you do have time to stick around just in case we have any callers. I know we've run quite a bit over on the interview tonight, so I'm not sure how many calls we're going to be able to take. But do you have a couple minutes to stick around? I'll be here. All right. And just a reminder that Jim will be back with us in a couple of weeks for our special paranormal show. So stay tuned for details on that and our upcoming paranormal investigation, which will be done in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. So, That's how
0: ghost busting.
2: Yeah, oh are you coming with us, Doctor Cyrillo? You, you know, I'm not email. sure. Was that for July fourth, the invitation that I received? Yeah, but we're not gonna do it on the fourth of July. We figure we'll we'll pre tape it some other time because it doesn't the Fourth of July weekend or whatever that is, doesn't seem to work for many people. Okay. So we're looking um, at some other dates, but I don't have the dates yet.
0: Okay, I'm not sure. You know, I was thinking it would be a lot of fun though to do on the Fourth of July. But I'm sure there'd be a lot of people there, though. I don't uh, know if they'd let us do it in Gettysburg. Yeah, no,
2: that's true. Fourth I mean, I don't, July. I don't know. I don't know either. But in you any case, we look for ghosts here.
4: <laughs> well, but yeah,
2: but um, you, you, are you going to try to come? I'll try to come. Yeah, okay. it sounds right. too interesting to miss. I know. Well, we'll keep you posted with the with the dates. But oh, in any please. event, do we have any callers for either uh, Gene and I, for Doctor Cirillo and I, or for Jim?
5: We did have a caller who I think we've now lost. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, do you want to do the? I know you have a mailbag question we if do. you want to do that. Do
2: we have some time? Yeah, yeah we do. Um, okay.
0: Those are always so interesting. The mailbag questions.
2: Is Frank here, or Julie, could you do I'm it? going to read the mailbag okay. question. Okay,
5: go ahead. Dear Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo, I often listen to your radio show, and I hear you talk about gratitude and the law of attraction. These are wonderful concepts, but I struggle with how to forgive and how to let go and how to move on. I seem to get stuck in my hurt and drama and can't find the way out. For example, my parents divorced when I was young. I didn't have much contact with my dad. He re-entered my life when I was in my 30s, and I really don't want to get to know him. He He isn't in the best of health, and he calls, but I ignore his calls. I have deep hurts from when I was a child and wanted my daddy, and no one was there for me. How do I work through this? And in general, with relationships, I have a struggle with letting go. I hold on to guys who leave me and keep hoping they'll come back into my life. How do I learn to let go, forgive, and move on? Thank you in advance. Cynthia from Knoxville, Tennessee.
2: Um, Dr. Cirillo, do you want to go first on that one? Since there's well, I'm the
0: the first thing that came to my mind is that guest that we had, Rhonda Findling, who wrote the book "Don't Call That Man." It's still in bookstores, and that's an excellent twelve-step program that tells you how to let go and how to grieve and how not to keep. Chasing the person or hanging on to something that it's a better pain to go through withdrawal and uh, grieving the loss than it is to constantly be going after the person and being brought up to be let down. It sounds like this woman that's what she had with Daddy; she kept hoping for him, and once in a while he'd be there and and then uh, you know disappear again. And uh, now she's dealing with that by she's finally grieved the loss of him, so she doesn't want him back in her life. She's got to do the same thing with uh, with these men, you know. Unless she's reached a stage where she can see Daddy and accept him for what he is and realize he's going to be in and out, She's she's just causing the same situation to happen, the repetition compulsion of what happens when we repeat and repeat the same frustrating situations that we never really uh, worked through when we were kids. That's what's happening
2: here. Now, I find that interesting, Dr. Cirillo, because I pick up that she has not resolved the issues with her dad at all. I feel she's in denial and just just trying to avoid being very painful. Right, right. Yeah. Um, I do agree that Rhonda finling's book it, and it, it's a deceiving title of her book, Don't Call that Man, but it really is. We had Rhonda' as a guest here uh, a few weeks ago, so you, um, Cynthia, you may want to go back and listen to the podcast of the show, but it really is. She really does talk about um, different um, you know skills and different uh tools that that she teaches to to help you get through this situation. And she teaches you actually how to let go. But that's actually a question, Jim. I want to bring you into this conversation as well, because I remember for many, 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 many years, that was the biggest question I had for you, how do I learn to let go? And I don't remember what you would tell me, but what what did you tell me?
7: Well, I look at it this way. It's all a process of grieving, right, letting go, Something you need to release. Either someone's died, or something's left your life, or or whatever. So, so when I approach letting go with people, it's it's being able to stand away from it and look objectively at it instead of being immersed in it. You know, the the, the pain or the suffering or the separation. And if you can if you can be objective from it, if you can stand away from it and look at what that feeling looks like, then you can you can you can get more of a handle on out and work with it.
2: See, and that's interesting. What I would have expected you to say is um, allow yourself to go through the pain rather than step away from it. So I guess there's a point, there's a transition point where after allowing you to feel the pain, um, you, you, you sort of get in that observer mode in a way and observe it rather than feel it?
7: Well, no, it's, it's not. I mean, you're still feeling the pain, but you're not feeling it as if you're lost with it difference.
2: Yeah, well then that's what I talk about is um, looking at the pain from a, an empowered
0: perspective yes, yes. rather
2: than being in the victim mode.
0: That's right. You know and how I look, I look at it, that you have the pain. It, you know, there's a point where you have the pain
2: but the pain doesn't have you.
7: Right. Bingo, and I move. love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can
2: that's we it. use that quote? Is that your quote or is that
0: somebody
7: I else's quote? I think I
2: learned
0: it 30 years ago when I took the S. Training.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, uh-huh.
7: okay.
2: Okay, but that's that's a good quote even for the gratitude journal. I like that because that's very effective that's an important way part. Yeah. of yeah. looking at a negative experience. Yeah. Um, from a psychic perspective, what I do want to say to Cynthia is I do feel a lot of um, um, unresolved issues and I do feel a lot of hurt. Um still with her dad and i I actually feel a willingness in her energy to um to I, I i feel a great pull and 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 draw and yearning in her energy to resolve things with her dad so my suggestion would be start there i mean in order for you really to be able to um, let some of these men go in your life that um are leaving you and not really providing you with what you need, I really feel that you need to work through this thing with your dad. And the longer you don't, the more you're going to be holding on to these men that are really giving, giving you nothing. So um, I do appreciate the question, Cynthia. We, we would like an update, and, you know, we would appreciate you letting us know how you're doing, and um, hopefully that we were able to be of some help to you tonight. Um, I have one follow-up question for Jim. Um, This is something we were talking about, I think, last week, and I made a mental note that I wanted to run it by you today. We were talking about karma last week.
4: Okay.
2: Um, And I read a quote which was, I think, a Buddhist perspective of karma, and it was a long to-do, so I don't want to, you know, we only have a few minutes, so I don't want to go into the whole thing. But I did say last week that I wanted to ask you um, for your impression or your explanation or definition of karma.
7: Oh, um, that's, uh, that's uh, okay. The the word karma comes from Sanskrit, and uh, it literally means action. And so it's part of this whole principle, principle which reflects what goes on in physics of action and reaction. So... Uh, and i'm 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 quoting by the way, I'm quoting classical Buddhist teaching about karma right, and
2: that's you're basically quoting what i what I read yesterday yeah. uh well, last week so so I don't remember what some of our questions were about it um do Julie and, and oh Frank isn't here anymore, Jean, do you recall we had some questions about karma after I gave basically the kind of action and reaction kind of thing. I I thought about what you used to tell me years ago, Jim, about if you throw a, you know, a pebble or a stone in in a lake, you'll get that ripple effect. You'll get some sort of reaction from it. Right. Right. Um and when we were talking about it last week, it seems like all of you know, everybody had questions. I know Julie, you weren't on the show. Dean, do you do you remember uh, when we were talking about karma, I remember
0: the discussion. I didn't have any particular question. Uh, I guess the idea is with karma, are you being punished for something you did are you being rewarded? It's like you take the unfinished business from one life into the next, and that happens within the same life period too. Yeah. If you didn't resolve it with your dad, you're not going to resolve it with men. You just... Take your problems along with you, like like baggage. <laughs> you picture yourself dragging the bag that gets more and more full until until you unload some of it somehow through therapy or whatever you do.
7: I don't know if you've read much of Stephen Levine, but uh, he's worked on on some uh, 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 survival, suicide counseling uh, hotline things mm-hmm. and uh, written a lot of books about about this kind of thing. And it's he's he's convinced that, that suicide doesn't end your problems it just, oh yeah
2: i've heard that millions of times yeah, that right. you i mean you're just going to have to go back and deal with it again so why bother trying to even check out right. when you have the opportunity to deal with it and resolve it in this lifetime i mean who wants to go through it again Every religion has a punishment for
0: two crimes, suicide and homicide. Anything else could be uh could depend on the particular religion. But those two, killing somebody else or killing yourself, apparently Saint Peter does not want guests that he did not invite.
2: <laughs> <We're looking laughs> very harshly
0: upon that. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well, on that note, I think we are just about out of time, Julie.
5: Yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jim. Uh,
2: just thank a you. note that my
5: parents live in White Plains, so I will uh-huh. I will give you a call next time I'm visiting my parents and come back to report to everyone.
0: Yay.
5: <laughs> uh, you've definitely made it intriguing for me to come visit you. Great. So you'll be getting a call from me soon. Uh, Next week, Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo will be taking more of your mailbag questions. Be sure to send us your detailed questions and background to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com. Then tune in each week. We may be showcasing your question right here on the air.
1: Don't forget to visit Lady Fontaine's website at ladyfontaine.com to learn more about her or to schedule a private reading or life coaching session. Lady Fontaine is an internationally known psychic and life coach. You can also follow Lady Fontaine on Twitter, Facebook, and NING for her latest announcements. Also, please take a moment to make Eye on the Future a favorite here on Blog Talk Radio, and send us a friend request to get special offers from Lady Fontaine. Please visit our show page on Blog Talk Radio for details on all of our co-hosts along with their contact information. Be sure to send your questions to mailbag at ladyfontaine.com to have your questions answered live on the air by Lady Fontaine and Dr. Cirillo.
5: Thank you, Frank. To find out more about our guest, Jim Elkin, be sure to visit his website at www.eastwesthealing.info. Again, I think it's been an absolutely great show. I know that Jim intrigued me enough to go visit him. So, again, I'll be going to make a visit to him, and uh, we'll have a conversation about that when I return.
2: Well, and I'm sure you're going to be extremely pleased because I sent a lot of people to Jim, and um, he, Dave, everybody keeps on going back, so I know that that's a smart move. But thank you to all our listeners and callers for inviting us into your homes and for sharing your life's experiences with us. We love hearing from you. Thank you to our guest, Jim Elkin. It was a pleasure having you here with us this evening. Thank you also to my co-hosts, Dr. Jean Cirillo, Frank Todaro, and Julie Zellman. Special thanks to Rachel Look, who did a great job screening calls and helping us with the switchboard. Thank you. Many blessings to each of you, and I am in gratitude to all of you. Have a wonderful week, and remember to honor yourself, and you'll automatically draw in countless experiences that honor you. Paranormal enthusiasts, remember to tune in to Frank Tadaro's The Invisible World. Either call 718-508-9285 or check out his show page here on Blog Talk Radio for The Invisible World. Good night, everyone. Hope to see you back here next week. And remember to reclaim you. We are always here to love and support you and help you aspire to all your dreams. Good night, all.